If you'd like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app for iPhone and Android available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. Please be sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news about new programming and upcoming RFB events. You can sign up at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. You're listening to Lost and Rewound here on Radio Free Brooklyn. It's time to get embarrassed with us. Hello and welcome. You've made it. It's 3 p.m. on your Thursday here in beautiful, very wintry Bushwick. This is Lost and Rewound. My name is Alon Danziker, and I'm joined this week by two very lovely folks. One is Rachel Teichman, who you may know. Hey. Hello. Hello. Good to see you again. We have also in the studio one of our friends here at Radio Free Brooklyn. She has a show every Sunday evening from 8 to 9 p.m. called Up Yours. Please welcome back to Lost and Rewound, DJ Defiance. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, my goodness. It's great to have you back. Great you, to be back. You, uh, we, the last time that you and I were in, uh, not this room, we were doing the show from uh, the Bogart studio. It was Catherine and myself and you and Greg and our guest, uh, Sam Zelich. Uh, <laughs> that was a great show. We talked about improv and listened to a lot of parody radio, like, you know, sort of sat satirical radio shows. It was a lot of fun. It was. And you had just joined Radio Free Brooklyn, if I recall correctly. Yeah, I was actually doing my shadowing hours. That's awesome. <laughs> I didn't even have my show yet, officially. Welcome back to the show. This is awesome. And we're going to be listening to some audio of yours later. But uh, let's check in with you. Gosh, I mean, this is awesome that uh, you've now been on Radio Free Brooklyn for a year doing this show that is quite a loud experience every Sunday. Uh, t- tell uh, the listener or listeners, uh, whomever might be out there. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Um, listen, uh, yeah, what, uh, what can they expect every, every week? Uh, Up Yours is a one-hour foray into femme, uh, gender non-conforming, and non-dude folks in punk music. We explore what it means to be really fucking angry about things, and sometimes it's like a lot uh, interspersed with me talking about things that I'm angry about. So it's therapeutic for me, hopefully therapeutic for my audience. Um, features uh, people from around the world, throughout time. Um, this week, actually, I'm playing a couple of uh, Indonesian punk bands, which I'm really excited about. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Every Sunday at 8 uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on Radio Free Brooklyn at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. That's RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Yes. I'm hardcore into this show that you do now. Thank you. I am, too. Also on RadioFreeBrooklyn.org, of course, is Lost and Rewound's page. And, you know, if you missed last week's and you want to listen to even weeks from previous months, go over to the Radio Free Brooklyn page for our show, RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash L-A-R. And you can see on the drop-down player powered by Megaphone all of our past episodes. We're also up on SoundCloud and we're on Apple Podcasts. Let's uh, get started then, shall we?
you know, I grew up in the East Village, Lower East Side in the late 90s, early 00s, which was an incredible time for music in that neighborhood. Unfortunately, it's all music I hate. Sorry, LCD sound system. I have no problem with it. It's just, it's not music that's particularly interesting to me. How so? I feel like such a dick. You know, the Strokes. Dick away. The Strokes, LCD sound system, they're all great bands. They have a lot of positive attributes. There's a lot of musicality, a great scene, a great vibe. They attract millions of fans. I did grow up, I guess, listening to more like early 60s, mid 60s stuff. And then when I got into my own kind of self-discovery of music, I got into a lot of bands like The Shins, Death Cab for Cutie, more of the West Coast scene. Also, I was too young. You know, I couldn't really at nine or 10 sneak in a Bowery Ballroom, which was 21 Up or like Mercury Lounge or any of those. So I missed a lot of the heyday of that music. So maybe it's just residual bitterness. I don't know. Take your pick. Residual bitterness. How did your parents raise you musically? I mean, my mom loves music as much as I think the next person, but my dad lives, breathes, eats, sleeps music. My dad is a real musician. He played, you know, clarinet and saxophone, maybe. And he also, when I started playing guitar, which you'll hear some of later, he actually started taking guitar lessons with me, but he quit because... um, did not like it so much. What, 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 he wasn't a fan of it because uh, it didn't have the same panache, the same feel as playing a woodwind or a brass instrument? Um, no, the fretboard was very wide and my dad has tiny hands and okay. he found it very uncomfortable to play, so he quit. That's adorable, but also I'm sorry to hear that. And because... extremely relatable. <laughs> it's really hard. Honestly, I have pretty small hands and I had to quit playing guitar for a while because I messed up my wrist. This experiment into the guitar playing didn't last long, but he still plays other instruments pretty proficiently. I mean, not he stopped playing for a while because he has a lot going on on his sure. plate. But yeah, I mean, he and I started at the same time. So it would have been 2005. I was mm-hmm. 10 and he would have been, I guess, 40. Yeah, 40. Pretty cool that, that you have, uh, you know, someone in the family who was playing music. But even still, like, I can only imagine that if his musical breadth of knowledge was quite vast, that he uh, had a lot of records that you got to listen to when you were growing up. My dad has a collection of about, I would say, probably 2,000, 2,500 records That's that insane. take up. It's an unreal collection. It's beautiful. I keep meaning to take uh, tell Tom Gallo about it. Ironic. Uh, Tom Gallo, oh, host yeah. of Look of My Records. <laughs> look every, at your, yeah, look, yeah, sorry. Every uh, Saturday at 2 here on Radio Free Brooklyn. It's a great show. It is a great also, show. Also, you should look at his website, The McKenzie Tapes, which are all these tapes, bootleg tapes he has of different shows from Maxwell's and CBGB's. It's unreal. Oh, that's awesome. So much support from my fellow RFB DJs. Anyway. <laughs> but look at your dad's records, though. Oh, my God. My dad's collection is unreal. I mean, he has things there that would be worth thousands of dollars easily and my dad has a really wide range of musical knowledge much wider than mine my dad knows a lot about like jazz and classical and i have like a working knowledge of classical and really no knowledge of jazz beyond like dave brubeck so paint the picture for us you know you're the only child very much so and um uh, also a Virgo, I've discovered. Uh, so we- I'm also a Virgo. Yeah, when's your birthday? August 24th. Ooh, September 15th. Ooh, oh. an early Virgo. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> got that cusp. Watching you. <laughs> so uh, grounded you were, and being able to have somebody, uh, you know, one of your parents really in- invest in you this knowledge that they he had. Um I can only imagine like dad daughter bonding moment over this music that meant so much to him and he gets to bestow it onto you. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm extremely close. I'm one of those assholes who is extremely close with both of my parents. Like I'm very close to my parents and 
My dad's favorite thing in the world is like he and I will sing harmonies together and I'll play the guitar. Adorable. Um, For his birthday, I guess I should have brought these too. I have them, maybe some of them. Uh, For his birthday a couple years ago, I made him an album of covers of some of his favorite songs. Like we, my dad and I like talk entirely in like music references or Monty Python references or Star Trek references. Like we talk literally all of our conversation is in reference to various things. That's that's, a, that's awesome. It's very cool. <laughs> my dad so is cute. the best. My dad is significantly cooler than I am, by the way. Like my dad was explaining TikTok to me over Thanksgiving and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, really? Yeah. Is he adult? It yeah. Still, well, I'm he fascinated. Te- he teaches high school English. Oh, so he got, he he, he's, he's around the youth. The youth. The youth of today. They've been talking about this. TikTok. The TikTok. I was like, when do people stop using Snapchat? But apparently they still do. They do. It's it's a dying art. I never liked it, honestly. I, I won't miss Snapchat. I Yeah, I, I should delete Snapchat. I don't care for it. It's, I use it a lot. You do? I use it daily. I have streaks. I started using it when it came out when I was like 15. Yeah. And I love it. Defiance. Best way for you to listen to music, records, CDs, tapes, what 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 do you choose? MP3s like all the kids are doing these days? See, I am a bad record enthusiast. I collect I have a collection of about 85 records or so. That's pretty good. I I mean, I'm not a real audiophile. I, you know, there are people who can take break down like why the the mono version of the white album is better than the stereo version and like why the mixing in the you know 33 versus 4. Oh, I can't do that for shit. I for me I like collecting original records. Like if I a new album comes out on vinyl, mostly it's not mastered for that for vinyl. It's you know like mastered for MP3 and then it's put on a vinyl. And I don't see the difference between that and just listening to it on Spotify. Except you pay 17 more bucks, and of course that does support the musician, which is very important. Support local musicians, support national musicians, support who you want, but support musicians. Um, for me, I like to be able. I, oh, first of all, I do not listen to cassettes. I know that cassettes have come back now. I don't know why. I really don't understand it. it I makes, get it. Maybe it's because you're younger than me. Not significantly. You guys are around the same age. Yeah, we're like the same age. I don't fuck with cassettes. I do. You know what I miss, though? I miss my Walkman. I still had like a Discman. Not a Walkman. I guess it was a Discman because it had CDs in it. You know, did you ever have one of those? Yeah, I have one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Walking around with my 2002, like haircut listening to avril lavigne's let go like i'll never be able to like pull off that vibe listening to things on my phone the same way (laughs) yeah i feel that for me it was green day dookie Ooh, that's a good one yeah what would you say was the way that you digested the music most when by the time you got to college because that was a game changer definitely i mean by college were you downloading most of the music that you were looking for legally yeah because i i believe in supporting musicians and at that point i was you know had my parents' money so I could legally support musicians sure, a lot easier. Sure. Now I listen to things on Spotify because I'm broke and paying my own rent. Yeah. Were you the kind of person that somebody would see in the town, in the town, you know, the town scouring, East Village. In this, no, I'm saying, but, uh, but Oberlin's uh, where exactly? Ohio. It's, no, but it's in what town of Ohio? Sorry. Oberlin, Ohio. It's in Oberlin, Ohio. For those of you wondering the context there, I indeed am a, I did indeed go to Oberlin College. Yes. I, so I you, love Oberlin. So you go, to, so you go to Oberlin for your undergrad and immediately when you get there you wanted to be involved in college radio is that correct yep i had a show from uh, all well seven semesters i was gone uh, the eighth i was studying abroad for the lion's share of your time there you were on the radio other than the music that you would obviously probably be able to get through the station that you were working at 
how are you consuming most of your music? How are you finding out about all the new music that you were getting? Or had you already come equipped with that by the time you got to college? I mean, I came equipped with what I thought at the time was a very impressive and wide breadth of musical knowledge. But when you go to a school with a conservatory, it's, you know, those are people who's like, I, you know, I love music, but I'm, music's not my career. It's not my like whole. You're an enthusiast. Yes. An enthusiastic enthusiast of the enthusiastic nature. Oberlin, the conservatory has a major called Tamara, uh, technology and music and related arts, which is, you know, like beep, beep, computer music. And like the Tamara folks had like this incredible breadth of like experimental and music stuff. I had never heard like crazy shit. They would throw shows too, I imagine. Yeah. And I, they were amazing. I was, I was friends with um, a Tamara major, so I, I kind of got to know a lot of the well, friendly. I don't know, were we friends? Hunter, <laughs> were Hunter, you friends with Hunter somebody? Brown? Are we friends? <laughs> Tell me the truth, Hunter. When my, when my grandma was at Oberlin in the conservatory, I don't think they had that major. I don't think that the technology existed yet. Yeah, I mean, there's always been some sort of like you know electronic music. Uh, is it Schopenhauer? Was the what? Schopenhauer. What do you talk about? He was like a big uh, progenitor of experimental and ambient sound music. You would know more than I. I'm pretty sure his name is Schopenhauer. But that could also be a philosopher because I get he has, there's another one that sounds very similar to him, but I think it's Schopenhauer. Okay. Anyway, so like there's been kind of music, but like real like Tamara and stuff, Schopenhauer and a lot of the early kind of progenitors of that, like they did amazing stuff. And now, you know, there's um, Roomful of Teeth, Carolyn Shaw. That's not really Tamara, but it kind of is. There's all of this amazing music. Anyway, all this to say, WOBC, which is Oberlin's college radio station, it was all live shows um, 24-7. You know, you could have my freshman year uh, boyfriend had a, a show Sundays at four in the morning. That poor, poor man. Oh, my God. It was French music. All yeah, yeah stuff. Oh, my God. It's hilarious. At four in the morning on see, a Sunday. See, I was the one in Ithaca, New York, playing hip hop music, underground hip hop, of course, uh, at 4 a.m. on a Sunday. My dad also had a 4 a.m. on a Sunday college. There you go. Show. What was he playing? I don't know. He was I don't just, know. He was I know just chatting for two hours. <laughs> I honestly have no idea what he did on that show. <laughs> I had a different show, a different concept of show pretty much every semester. And I did my show at a different time pretty much every semester. Yeah. So I got to know a lot of different people. My favorite time slot I had was I had Wednesday at six in the morning where I did all music from 1967. That would have been actually the five year anniversary of that show. I started it in February of uh 2015, so almost a five-year anniversary. Hello there. And I love that show because I got all these calls from truckers. I guess it was like a good time for truckers. Um, and they they would call in and tell me stories about like the open road. And it was awesome. I loved it. Don't you? Yeah, I love taking calls from random, you know, people listening and regulars. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's There's something really nice about that because... Even though they could be absolute eccentrics, the fact that you have listeners gives you great, uh, you know, it it makes you feel good. I loved it. You must have been listening to a lot of radio when you were growing up then. You know, I don't remember radio being a huge part of my life, except that we listened to This American Life every Sunday. That was a really big thing in my family. I can't really remember a Sunday we didn't listen to This American Life. It was a group listening experience. Yeah. You never privately listened to radio and found yourself glomming onto like one particular DJ or one particular show. No, not that I can remember. In college, like I said, mm-hmm. I really got into like radio. Yeah. But even then, I didn't really listen to radio outside of... WOBC and even now I don't really listen to music outside of 
RFB and WOBC, which I still listen to. You know, my dad would make these playlists, probably like he'd do one or so a month, maybe a little bit more often of the stuff that he'd found. And my dad, you know, my dad introduced me to Death Cab for Cutie, to The Shins, to um, the Carolina Chocolate Drops he loves, Uh, um, Eric B. and Rakim, um, Nas. I mean, you name it. My dad listened to musical theater. My dad listens to really like there's nothing most of the great music I've discovered in my life has either come through through like Oberlin people I've met or through my dad. What kind of musical theater were you listening to? Oh, well, musical theater was the great love of my life as a kid. When I was a kid, I wanted to be on Broadway, except um, I can't memorize lines and I can barely stand up straight, let alone dance. So um, that dream got squished real fast. What do you think about the uh, Putnam County spelling bee? Okay, I love Putnam County spelling bee. It's great. Everything about it. It's so good. Yeah, it's so pure. I mean, musical theater helped me through like a really dark period in my life in middle school. Like, you know, you know how most people in like middle school and high school in their angst years listen to like all time low, every avenue, like that kind of like, you know, the pop punk stuff. I did that, but I also got really into Next to Normal, which is a great musical written by uh, Brian Kitt and Tom Yorkie, which um, tackles issues of mental health and is just like an incredible piece of art and a real statement on self-harm and self-healing. And I'm really just, I love it very much, but not Spring Awakening. I hate Spring Awakening. You're, I've not, always, you're not a fan of Duncan Sheik? No. <laughs> and I'm willing to say that louder if possible. But I, you know, musical theater has been a huge part of my life. Yeah. I love um, so anything Sondheim pretty much except Passion I don't like um, or Roadshow. Um, yeah, musical theater is a huge part of my life. I actually just went to see Beetlejuice last weekend. It was oh, nice. Great. Yeah, I went with my mom. Ah, that's great. It was really fun. I forget when I'm going, but my wife and I are supposed to go see the Jagged Little Pill musical. I'm kind of on the fence about how I feel about it because middle school for me was when Jagged Little Pill came out. I remember I was starting a new school and I had that album and I was like, yeah, I'm the man. I feel great because I've got this album that after you know some several weeks of getting it, everybody had anyway. And I was like, okay, well, I should probably hide this because nobody wants to oh. see me holding the CD. Um, <laughs> but it was like, it was a big thing. Like I loved listening to that album and now here i am you know, 20 years later and it's gonna be a musical on broadway i mean they did an american idiot musical within 10 years of that album coming yeah out, true. which i don't know about you was very formative to my childhood yeah same yeah so like that for me was trippy although especially because i didn't see it with later billy joe armstrong who's the front person of green day actually was in the cast i saw it with john gallagher jr who originated the Billy Joe Armstrong role in the musical. Mm-hmm. And hearing like a Broadway interpretation of, of American Idiot did not work for me, but people really loved it. Would there be a Broadway musical of an album that you guys would wish to see made that has not been made yet? I would never really want to see this because I feel like I don't like Broadwayizations of the music that I love. Like I don't even really like these jukebox musicals like Motown and all of this because I feel like the music, it's, I don't know, it, it turns the song into a visual art form which is fine and respectable but is not necessarily how i interact with it that being said an exile and guyville musical liz oh, fair's wow. album sounds like awesome i would totally go see that yeah that sounds really cool but it would she'd have to be in it like i don't want to hear someone else singing liz fair <laughs> i've seen i've heard other people singing liz fair it's not cute what about you rachel that's so hard. Yeah, and, yeah I'm having a hard and, time too. Yeah, like I can think of one album off the top of my head, but I don't, I, I like the idea and concept, but I don't want it to be real. All right, that's fair. Yeah. 
you know, it's one of those things where I, I recognize some of my favorite music could really be great if performed by other people and in a certainly a setting. I mean, look, American Utopia that's out in Broadway right now. I really want to see if I stand correct. There are talking heads that are sung by other actors. But I mean, it's all, you know, it's more of a multimedia event. It's not like necessarily a story that's being told to the music of David Byrne. But I mean, yeah. I, I, I got to see that. I'm, and apparently it's really easy to see. So I'm like excited to go and, and do that in general. But that, enough of that, that. But like, my, your answer and then mine. Yeah. I mean, you know, like now I'm thinking about it. One musical that I would actually want to see based on an album would be Katy Perry's Teenage Dream. Huh. Oh my God. That would be a lot of fun. That would be do so it up, much like fun. Moulin Rouge, but like with more of like a candy cane theme. Oh my God. The staging for that would be so cool. There's, there's a lot that you can do. There's a story that you can create from that album. And I feel if they did it right, it could really resonate with a lot of people. Oh, that would be so cool. In my head, I'm already like doing the set design for that. In my, I'm like, now, yes. With this logic in place, I'm wondering if it behooves one of Wilco's albums to be staged because that would be kind of, you're, you're, uh, see the face you're making, Defiance. I'm curious what that face is. It's a face that says, oh God, Jeff Tweedy would probably agree to that under the right circumstances. <laughs> All right. That's fair. Okay, which one? And yeah. if you say a ghost is born, you're wrong. Nah. It'd have to be Yankee that. Hotel Foxtrot. It, I, I was going to say that, but Summer Teeth has an amazing story that it tells as well. Let's get to the music that you brought. You have created a story of your own through the world of playing guitar. Okay, I want to preface this by saying none of these are good. I We're, We have a lot to get comb through. So In future years, I went on to sing semi-professionally in a children's chorus that toured internationally, recorded one album, won awards, etc. Like I, I sang semi-professionally for most of my later teen years. That's how you got the musical theater connection was you just kept on singing, girl. Oh, no. I mean, I love musical theater. I came out of the womb singing musical theater. My mom, That's actually my mom's big contribution to my music career. My mom loves musical theater. But we sing like really weird tradition, like traditional stuff, really weird out there shit in my chorus. It was crazy. And you guys went around the world and yeah. traveled. Where? How old were you when you were doing that? Um, I went to Wales for a choral competition when I was... No shit. A little bit less than... I was almost 14... I didn't do a lot of the international traveling because of money stuff and also um, interpersonal dynamics in the group. I didn't fit in very well. Also, I'm not going to say who, but there are two members of that chorus that are now in a very famous band, a band that was recently interviewed on Radio Free Brooklyn. I won't say who for my own sake, but it is very funny to me because when they got big, I was like, wow, I knew you when you were in middle school. This is awkward for me. But before I was singing in this chorus, I, when I was about 10, um, well, I was 10, I got a guitar, acoustic guitar for my birthday and my dad got himself one. And he and I took lessons with this local musician. Her name was Randy Russo. Randy, by the way, has an amazing music career. She's an incredibly talented singer songwriter. She moved out to Los Angeles to pursue a career in visual art. I really recommend looking up her visual art. It is stunning. Randy Russo. That's R-U-S-S-O. She um, is an incredible visual artist and was a really amazing musician, too, and a wonderful person. Randy was very involved in the scene at Sidewalk Cafe. And for those of you who may not know, Sidewalk Cafe is slash was a performance space slash shitty restaurant slash sometimes bar on 4th uh, Street and Avenue A in Manhattan. It's a staple. Ugh. 
God, yeah, it's a staple in that if you walk in there, you'll be stapled to the floors because they were always greasy and gross. Yes. That sounds like a good time. I it never, is a great time. I never spent any time in the front bar, always the back room. Always. And so Randy used to perform there along with people like Regina Spector, who got her start there. That's a big deal. Yes. It always to this day haunts me that I could have probably like seen Regina Spector there and just not known at the time. And I'm a huge Regina Spector Love fan. Her. Oh, my God. I've seen her five times. She was someone who was very influential in me in my childhood. You know, maybe like a far musical or a fidelity musical, but she'd have to be in it and she'd never agree. Yeah. And you know also, what I love I is, is the, the bigger the preface to something that somebody plays on this show, the more excited I get for it to be terrible. <laughs> yes. It will be bad. Well, because we're hearing about the story behind the guitar lessons and now we have to play the first of these clips. Oh, yep. I have more context, but the quick, sorry. <laughs> there's, there's, nev- there's never enough context. No, I love please. context. Cont- and I'm not, I'm mostly not stalling having to play this, but the short. <laughs> we'll the sh- get you, girl. Eventually. The short context of this is that Randy had a couple of other guitar students, including me and my dad, although my dad never performed because he was the only adult student. I think he was self-conscious. So a couple of years um, when I, when she was still my guitar teacher, I we did these like, yearly talent shows. So here is one from when I think I am probably about 10 performing a song called Dharma Cafe by the Kennedys. The Kennedys, I think, are I, I, they're still around. I also very embarrassingly did this song for my LaGuardia audition. Let's not talk about that. I have nothing to say about that. <laughs> no worries about I that. I did get into LaGuardia, though. We should all know this. So okay. here I am at approximately 10. It's very embarrassing. Don't judge me. I hope you all had a great time and thanks for coming. <laughs> She just don't seem the same She moved to Berkeley and she changed her name to Ray Now she's back in town with an acoustic guitar She's looking for a neighborhood open like bar A little under it but she won't get kind She'll find a new place to play Down at the Dharma Cafe The mermaids dance all day
I am my own backing vocals. Yeah, you'll see you a, are. You'll see in future editions of this as other play other songs. I continue to be my own backup vocals for no reason. I work a lot with kids and I love it when they are courageous enough to do something like what you did, like to get up in front of people and just do whatever they do. I think that's the best. Yeah. Didn't you say earlier that uh, you had a hard time like memorizing lines? Terrible. I'm, I can I'm memorize terrible. songs, but I could never memorize lines. And songs aren't ah, usually okay. easy for me either. You'll actually hear in one of the later ones, I forget the words halfway through. Well, it's no, really I mean, not good. wait, okay. I was going to say, because it seems like your knowledge at the very least of lyrics is so good. Because if you have the connection of it being a verse, it might be easier for you to remember it. I know that, like, for example, like I would have admittedly a little bit of a hard time memorizing certain words unless I like either recorded it and listened to it or put it in some kind of a verse. So like for you, like to be able to go up there brave, as Rachel pointed out, it seemed like you had a pretty good handle on the lyricism there. And it was simply just getting the guitar right. Yeah. I also want to say in fairness to me, there were about 35 people there. Most of them were strangers. And I was the last I headlined. I was the last one. Yeah. So I'd been sitting there for an hour and a half. I was scared shitless. Oh my I have God. terrible stage fright. Yeah. I still you, have terrible stage fright. You kicked ass. It sounded like you kicked ass. Yeah. I had the thing that I like about that recording is it's not good, but I sound really happy. That's and really I, what matters yeah. at that age. At Oberlin, when I did open mics, it would be, you know, every single person there was conservatory level good, even if they weren't in the conservatory, because it was a school for musicians, even if you weren't in the con. And so it was like very, you were never good enough to perform there. And like, it was very, very isolating and stressful and sad and I stopped playing guitar and singing for a couple of years because I just hated everything about it when I started picking up the guitar and playing again after college I you know I wanted to do it for that girl because she was like not good but she was living her life she was so happy and it made her happy to do that and it makes me not as happy to do that now and I'm sad about that you could always come back to it and there's always a renaissance for everything yeah no I still do it I still play but it doesn't you know I'll never have the same level of happiness playing that that girl did and i'm sad about that sorry that's kind of a bummer vibe but actually it's probably one of the realest things we've heard on the show in a long time and it's something that's relatable because uh we always want to tap into that person and figure out that playfulness that we originated with and we lost somewhere along the way because we got you know admittedly very jaded and pissed off righteously i don't know about pissed off but no i'm pissed off are you pissed off i am pissed off defiance are you pissed off how often are you happy Oof. Oh, that's a big question. I'm not drunk, so I can't answer that question. <laughs> oh, <God>. Sorry. <laughs> that's not a question you ask Sober DJ Defiant. She has no answers for you on that one. Fair. I mean, that's a very loaded question, I think, to ask anybody in 2019, especially. I mean, in life, I would At say I'm, the year, right? I'm that's angry. Like, that's like one of my professional questions. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in life, I, I, I am... I didn't ask it like an interview question, <laughs> like in the professional variety. No. no, you didn't, but it's still, that's like... That's like one of the questions that's in like my textbooks to ask people. <laughs> are you happy right now? How often are you happy? How often are you happy? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's like a that's like a standard inventory question. Yeah, for what I do, it's easy yep. for us to say we're pissed off a lot more of the time than we are happy. But that's because it's easy for us to relate to the moments that we are absolutely objectively pissed off. Those are our most vulnerable moments, right? 
And I also don't think anger and happiness are mutually exclusive. Like I even agree. on a day like on my birthday, I was happy on my birthday. But at the same time, I'm angry about the fact that the country is, you know, going up in flames. I'm angry about what's happening in Hong Kong. I'm angry about a lot of things. But I was happy ish because it was my birthday. Yeah, I feel that I've been pissed probably since I was in the womb. Yeah, I but feel that. Like, but like there are also things that I appreciate and enjoy. So, um, yeah, I love I love the whole dynamic of being able to feel multiple things that kind of, that feel like they should conflict with each other, but really they complement. I look forward to getting happier with the two of you in the next half because we have even more from DJ Defiance's guitar uh, playing days of yore. What would make you happier? For you to stick around, listener or listeners, as we continue on this journey, on this edition of Lost and Rewound, right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. To help support our mission, we invite you to make a one-time donation or monthly pledge at radiofreebrooklyn.org donate. Every cent helps us to continue to stay on the air. So please support independent community media by pledging whatever you can afford. All contributions are tax-deductible to the fullest extent of the law. You can also donate to Radio Free Brooklyn by shopping through Amazon Smile, Amazon's charity initiative where you can shop and support a nonprofit of your choice at the same time. It costs you nothing. Just go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org smile to sign up to have RFB as your donee and start shopping. If you are feeling brave, like DJ Defiance here in the studio, here in the rec room, here in beautiful Bushwick, you can do so. That is, contribute your found audio, your lost and rewound audio from your yesteryears. If you want to be on the show and get embarrassed with us, go ahead, do your worst. We dare you. And I mean, by dare you, I mean, like, please, like, we want to hear from you because we're very interested in what you may have. Uh, you know, it's something from the past, something that you have not listened to in a while, something that might shed a little bit of light about who you used to be and how you got from there to here. Email the show at Lost and rewound at radiofreebrooklyn.org. All these clips are when you're 10. No, I'm 11 now in this one. You're 11. And different venue? No, still a sidewalk. Still so every year we okay. would do it like the end of the year or so do like kind of a, a like a showcase for all of Randy's students at the sidewalk cafe. So these are all of these recordings are from like different years. They did the first one would have been, I guess, from 2005 ish. This would have been from, I guess, 2006 ish. OK, so what's this track? Uh, oh, that's who, a great who, question. Who's who's this song by? Oh, this is a Beatles song, actually. I think it's from Rubber Soul. It's oh, my God, called, which one? Uh, it's called I'm Looking Through You. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. All right. I um, My dad got me for Hanukkah that year a whole. It's every be- the guitar chords for every Beatles song 
you know, like on a studio album. So I guess 192 of them, if you go by the British system. And I was like, I'm going to learn all 192 of these, which I did not. But I had the cello Beatles book. Cello Beatles book. Oh, my God. Can we have a Beatles jam session? Yeah, can we? Please. Oh, Oh, man. I still have my Beatles book of all my guitar chords. Yeah, me too. Yes. Literally nothing would make me happier. I love playing Beatles songs. The Beatles are a huge part of my life, which is cliched, but true. Um, So here is I'm looking through you. And here I am, a year older, still doing my own backing vocals for some godforsaken reason. Love it. On it. Make it happen. I'm looking through you. Where did you go? I thought I knew you. What did I know? You don't look different, but you have changed. I'm looking through you. You're not the same. Your lips are moving. I cannot hear. That's pretty solid. No? That was pretty flaming. A lot of improvement in a year, I would say. I'd say so. When I was a kid, my dad, when we would go on long drives, he'd take me through like discographies of bands. So we did, or singers. So we did most of Billy Joel. We did all of the Beatles, most of the Stones albums, um, some Pink Floyd, Les Mis, and a couple of other things. And like that, those long drives listening to music were really instrumental in my childhood and like my love of music. And so that's why I think I know so many of these random like B-sides like I love singing like I love to do I used to do Wait which I think is on uh, Beatles for sale. Uh, yeah I think it's on Be- it's the second side of Beatles for sale uh, which is like a song that nobody listens to but I have always just kind of enjoyed. You're always a fan of the more like uh, off the beaten path sort of songs. Yeah I'm such a hipster. Well, you know, you know that's, what? Um, that's lyrical though it's real. Child you kind of reminds me of is Mo Tucker. I don't know her solo work, but she did some stuff with the Velvet Underground. And like cool. vocally, like you just remind me a lot of her. Ooh, I'll look her up. If you say something like, you know, no, I'm a hipster now because like I only like the obscure stuff. But I mean, inherently, you've always been, you know, it's in your blood being able to like look at things in a more like objective way. Like, no, you know, this is true because I actually know what's happening because I've listened to this. Like, you know, like it becomes a part of you. It's not like you had to like use, you're like an information sponge. Like, and it just comes yeah, it naturally just, to you. I mean, and I love a lot of the pop. Like, I love if you, oh my God, like I love drunk karaoke doing Helter Skelter. That's your karaoke go-to song? 
No, my karaoke go-to song is White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. And then if you get really drunk, you do Helter Skelter. Yeah. All I right. Badass. That's, that's like great. very lights out me. That's how you know I'm <laughs> that's how you know I'm done. It's like I'm like oh, dare <laughs> More on the Beatles, just curiosity. Uh you went to Liverpool and got a chance to, you know, soak in that scene. What was that like? Oh my god, I cried the entire day. Really? Literally, I was so happy I cried the entire day. <laughs> That's great. I was so happy. It's perfect we weather did, for that, too. We did all of the touristy shit. You know, we like we got on the bus. It looked like the Magical Mystery Tour bus. We did all of the touristy overpriced nonsense. I was so happy. I, I literally cannot remember a time I have been happier. We like we went to Penny Lane. We like mm-hmm. it took pictures outside. We, you know, we did the guided tours. It was all the touristy nonsense. Albert Docks. Did you oh Abbey Road? Yes. Well, I, okay. So I ran away to London for four days. What? And well, I everyone knew where I was. I had been okay. But I kind of did the giving... same thing with Paris a wait, few months ago. What? I'm doing that this summer. I'm going to Paris. I've never been. Wait, wait, wait. So these are just controlled, consensual running away yes. stories. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, okay. that's totally a it's, thing that I do. It, it's what I would call running away, which is that you know I so I was on a Oberlin does a four one four, which means the the one month there is like a winter term where you do a project. Yeah. And my sophomore year, I did my winter term um, with my English, one of my English professors and 13 other students in Rome. And there was a production of a Sondheim musical in London that I really wanted to go to. And that was coincided with the end of that time in Rome. And so I convinced the college and everyone else to let me switch my flight back through London. Mm-hmm. And I went to London by myself for four days. I'd never been. I stayed with an Oberlin alumni who I'd never met. My phone was broken, of course. Um, but that, when I was there, I went to, I started every single day. I went to Abbey Road across the, the crossing. It was the first thing I did every morning. I'd go at like 6 a.m. and then go do other stuff. That's so awesome. It was really fun. What's this third track you got? This is from when I'm 12. Mm-hmm. Um, consecutively. Okay, yeah, consecutively. we're doing it. Yeah. After this year, so the, actually the last two songs I'm playing, I think, are both from when I was 12. After that, I I think Randy had moved or I had stopped doing lessons or I was like in the process of starting high school and a lot was going on. It was not a great time in my life for a couple of reasons I don't want to go into. Man, music has been there for me during a lot of really shitty parts of my life. Hey, hey. So that's kind of why. Yeah, I mean, and the fact that you're here even this week to talk about anything and uh, and what you have mentioned already uh, is a huge testament and uh, it means a lot to me. I mean, Rachel, I hope you agree. But I you know, sure do agree. For a lot of reasons, none of which were related to Randy, who was an incredible guitar teacher and who I still love very dearly. Um, I don't think... Maybe we didn't do the talent show the next year. I don't really remember. But this is the last series of recordings I have from this kind of era of my life. So this is uh, the first one is a cover of Under the Milky Way by The Church. Okay. I don't really remember being a big fan of The Church growing up, but I do remember loving this song. Also, it's very easy to play. It's I an easy pick, song to play. Yeah. I always picked songs that were easy to play. I played songs that were harder than this, but I never performed songs that were harder than this because I don't. I think focusing on the chords would have been and singing if they were really complicated would have been too much for me. You'll see that with the next song, where I really like lose my ability to play guitar halfway through. Okay. All right. So here are the church. It's off their album Starfish, which is probably their best known album. It's also known because um, a girl named Sia covered it kind of recently. It's a really awesome song, and if you're not into the church, you should definitely listen to them because they're pretty cool.
sound of the breath fading the light. I think about the loveless fascination under the Milky Way tonight. Lower the curtain down to Memphis. Lower the curtain down, alright. I've got no time for private consultation under the Milky Way tonight. Wish I knew what you were looking for. Might have known what you would find. And hit something quite peculiar. Something that's shimmering and white. And leads you here despite your destination. Under the Milky Way tonight Wish I knew what you were looking for Might have known what you would find Wish I knew what you were looking for Shimmering and white Leads you here Despite your destination Under the Milky Way tonight Wish I knew what you were looking for I love that. Yeah. So I have a factual correction, which is it sounds to me like that song was played on my electric guitar, which means I am 13 at this point. Okay. You got your electric guitar in between sixth and seventh grade. Uh, No, in early eighth grade. Yeah, because you're September. Gotcha. I'm a September birthday. That's right. Yeah, because I'm a baby. Same. Fair. All right. So you get your electric guitar and you get a chance to learn all of these songs in a much, much, much different way. You had an amp. You had the whole setup. I still have both my original amp and my electric guitar. Fucking awesome. Me too. Fucking yeah. awesome. Um, describe that experience of for this experience playing your electric when not and not playing an acoustic. I switched to my acoustic for the second song that I'm going to play you, which is also from mm-hmm. when I'm 13, I guess, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Yep. I, you know, I was never a great performer, even like in my chorus where I performed with like 60 people on a stage and we were like semi-professional. If you look at like videos of me in competition, I always look vaguely like I just 
do not want to be on stage performing, which is one of the reasons why I, in fact, stopped performing. I realized I wasn't sure I actually liked it. Um, I didn't like playing with my electric because it just didn't feel very me. Which is funny because most of the music I listen to now is punk and very electric, very loud. But I always preferred my acoustic. I loved my electric. It was a very lovely bat mitzvah gift. Thank you, Cousin Julie. <laughs> I loved it very much. And I still love it. And I still have it. And I still play it. But it was kind of, I think, now thinking about it, like the beginning of my understanding of having an audience versus playing for myself were two very different things that meant very different things to me. The audience of which you were performing for. And so, like I said, these are, maybe I'd have like a friend or two with me, but usually it'd be like 35 or 40 strangers in a dark back room. I always headlined. I was always last for various reasons. And (laughs) so I'd be sitting there, my nerves would be jangling. I do not like performing. I don't think I ever did. But what about the other kids that were performing and playing songs well, they were, the thing that was awkward about it was that they were pretty much all, even like the little kids, better guitarists than me, technically. So I always used to get away with saying like, because I always used to be like, get away with saying like, I was a singer. But like, I listen to these and I'm not a great singer on most of these either. My singing voice gets a lot better as we get older. And I yeah. think it's improved over the course I of really, these. I really but, liked your rendition, actually, of this song. This is a song that I, I, like hum, that song. I, I hum every time uh, it comes on the radio, um, you know, in years past. And I would say that uh, you probably were probably, I, I, arguably, I would say. Uh, the a kind of person I would like to know when I was younger because your music taste was actually fucking dope. Thank you. Um, I knew that I very much gravitated towards uh, people uh, of the uh, opposite sex uh, gender of whom uh, liked really dope music. I cannot imagine anybody that I would have met that I was attracted to who was into hip hop at that time. But, you know, I don't different think I, times. I literally don't think if you'd asked like me at the day that I recorded that, to name more than five hip hop songs that I would have been able to. I think I could have named five, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. At 13, 14, you would probably. But at least been three the of them would have been me. Beastie Boys songs, and I don't think that counts. Sure. Sure. <laughs> for what it may be worth, you're certainly in a very conscious and kind company because anybody who's going to see these kind of shows knows that people are, you know, going up and they're, you know, they're fighting against the worst of their traits, you know, that are telling them you're going to suck, you're going to suck, but you go up there and you shred. And I imagine that all these three clips, despite, you know, any little bit of problems you were having with, you know, chord changes, everybody who was there was in support of what you were doing. And the thing is, I assume if people didn't like me and if I wasn't relatively good, she wouldn't have kept me headlining. Like, I assume she would have replaced me with someone who she thought was better. Randy was not a cent. She was very, very sweet, but she wouldn't have done that just to protect my feelings. I think I'm harder on myself than I need to be. Ah, uh, yeah. You came to the right place. I feel yeah. like there's only the same kinship, yeah. kindred spirits. Like I said, I'm just, I'm proud of that girl. She was a lot fucking braver than I am now, for sure. Brave on for our final clip of which you're uh, now going back to the acoustic for this one. Yes. Yeah, so this really is not a good show of case of my guitar abilities. It's the same show that we, heard, we, we were just <laughs> listening to. So this is the same year. So I'm 13 and this is... One of my favorite songs throughout my entire life, which is Know Your Onion by The Shins, which is off their first album, O Inverted World. Okay. The Shins are my favorite band of all time, which is really embarrassing to me as like a femme non-binary punk activist. But like I, the first three Shins albums are like, I really, I don't think that there is a better like three album range than the I've Shins first album. I never into them. They're good, but I just never like got really I, super like, into them. I live, breathe early James Mercer. I worship the Shins. What's I your really jam right do. now? 
Uh, lately, I've been on an O inverted world kick, but their best album definitely is Shoots Too Narrow, which is the middle of the first three, which came out in 04. That's got like Gone for Good, St. Simon. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Is, I just that, got, is that the same album? Um, That's a melody that I remember, but I don't know the lyrics. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting the song. Yeah, that's Gone for Good, Gone for which good. was my favorite song for a long time in period. And then it became, um, it was Kissing the Lipless for a while. And now I think it's probably, um, I don't know. It changed a lot. It was Young Pilgrims for a while and someone ruined that song for me and then I had to pick a new one. I went back and forth. Anyway, it's called Know Your Onion. It's know from Your Inverted Onion. World. If you've been here before, you know I do one of their songs almost every year because they are another just generally fantastic band. So enjoy. And besides, it was undeniably clear to me I don't know why When every other part of love seemed like behind shutters I know the worthless dregs we've always been locked out But my favorite record lying in wait at the Birmingham Mall The songs that I heard, the occasional book Were the only fun I ever took And I got on with making myself Now the children's just making yourself But when they're parking the cars on your chest You still got a view of the summer sky You can make it twice when you rest This body gets to its whim And suddenly struggles to take flight What kind of life you dream of? You're allergic to love, yes I know But I must say in my own defense He's been undeniably dear to me I don't know why When every other part of love Seemed locked behind shutters I knew the worst is dregs We are the self and something saints We are the melting slide and dice We've always been God, I still love that song. It's really good. It's a great song. Like, I don't really do it justice, but you should all listen to it because it's a great song. Yo, the shins. Like, the, like the chord change that you were talking about while we were listening to it was totally fine. Yeah, it was flaming. Power chords and, and, and especially bar chords, like never my strength. Same. I really now I can do bar chords and I've really been trying to teach myself to use them as the standard. But and I know it's supposed to be easier because the neck is thinner on the electric than the acoustic, but I never got the hang of it on either of them. I'm just not good at guitar in general. And so and so when people were and still try to give me pointers and they're like, oh, just do bar chords and power chords. I'm like, um, I'll try for you, but I I know where this is going. Yeah, it's going leading you down a dark road. Yeah, (laughs) I feel that deeply. The fact that you had these songs in your back pocket is like songs that you had thought to do 
think about all like, what the other songs that were being sung and like the predictability. Oh and... my God. One year, one of the kids did American Pie. Oh no. And I was like, Randy, how did you let him do this seven minute song where all the chords are ba- basically the same and it's also seven minutes? I remember I was like, I've ate, I was like, I've gotten so old during this. <laughs> <laughs> You've aged over the course of this sidewalk that show. That was truly how I felt. Oh goodness. I fucking hate American Pie. Speaking of, I found a chin hair yesterday. <laughs> And it was long. And so I had a similar thought of like, when I was sitting in the Starbucks lineup in my car at the drive-thru, I'm like, I've been sitting here for so long, I'm growing facial hair. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you've, you've grown to like American Pie, which would have been a really long time to be sitting in that car. The minute you shave it off, that will be the moment that you decide that you fucking hate Don McLean. But the minute that hair grows back, you're like, you know... It's not so bad. It's an underrated classic. Yeah. Like MacArthur Park. Yeah, really. No, no cakes are being left out in the rain on the projection of this show. That Starbucks drive-thru really taught me a lot. Um, <laughs> Everything I need to know in life I learned from a Starbucks drive-thru. Defines. this has been amazing. These tracks that you've been providing to us this week are golden. And I feel like we really, truly were blessed to wait Aww for something like this thank you too for having me it's been lovely getting to embarrass myself in front of both of you uh, yes thank you for getting embarrassed with us and don't forget to listen to dj defiance every single sunday evening from 8 to 9 p.m right here on rfb for up yours the music is fucking banging and you won't be sorry you listened um, we got to get out of here, but before we do, I uh, just want to remind you that we are in the thick of givingness. Uh, Radio Free Brooklyn's Drive to Five fundraising campaign is underway because you see, RFB is now five years old, uh, and we need to raise $25,000 so we can continue bringing you the commercial free independent radio for another five years. Raising money should be fun, so each month we'll be bringing listeners fun challenges with some great prizes. The first is a trivia quiz to find out just how well you know RFB. And the top five scorers will win a limited edition five-year anniversary RFP t-shirt. So dial 718-673-8201 if you want to instead leave us a message letting us know why you love RFB or want to wish us a happy birthday. That'll do. That'll do. Your message may be played on the air. So remember, it's our five-year anniversary, and we would love to hear you tell us how you feel about RFB. Happy birthday, RFB. Like any toddler, you are needy. And a lot, but we love you very much. <laughs> It'll be my birthday uh, next week, actually. So we're in the Sagittarius season. I, I'm all about birthdays and stuff. Also, you should know that RFB's birthday, I think, is in May. It, it's coming up in May. Yeah. It's coming up. It is in May every year. It's in May. His it, birthday it, does not change. The birthday does not change. The five years is coming up in this upcoming May. That's right. Anyway, we got to go. I have been Alon, and I will continue to be Alon. I am Rachel, and I will continue to be Cups. I am DJ Defiance, and God fucking knows who I will be tomorrow. <laughs> well, enjoy the rest of your day, and we look forward to you coming back here next week for another edition of Lost and Rewound. Goodbye. Bye. Radio Free Brooklyn. the guest's opinions do not affect the opinions of Radio Free Brooklyn. Yeah, uh, so, I am a corporate shill. You really, you're like the John Cena of the Radio Free Brooklyn. And Thank you, that is, is exactly Cena. how I want to be. You can't see me, you can't see her, literally, because it's radio. <laughs>